but uh, I definitely wanted us to go back to that old hymn that tells us that uh, straight from the Word of God that we can look to God and live and that's the name of the message tonight look to God and live uh, I guarantee the enemy has been trying to distract you the enemy has been trying to get your attention on other things he's trying to get you off path he is trying to get your ear and uh, the enemy's doing everything he can to get your focus off of God and the Lord sent me here tonight to encourage you to get your focus off of the enemy, get your focus off of the distractions, and let's get our eyes on God. Amen? So Psalms 121, verse uh, 1 and 2, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? We know where our help comes from. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Hallelujah. Father God, as we come to your word tonight, God, we pray that you would open our eyes so that we could see you clearly, Lord God. Lord, that you would help us take off all of the cataracts and all of the shades and all of the distractions and all of the blinders so that with 2020 vision we can see you high and lifted up, our creator, our maker of heaven and earth, Lord God, that we would focus upon you, your word, your truth, your anointing, your word, your power, your spirit, your blood, your name, and your everything, Lord God, that we would walk out of here charged, Lord God, to go through the rest of this week to bring forth an advancement of your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Let a miracle take place in us now, Lord, as we hear and obey your word. This is our prayer as we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 In Isaiah 45, verse 22, the, uh, 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 the uh, prophet is telling us here by the Spirit of the Lord, he says, look to me and be saved. Isaiah 45, verse 22, look to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. I want us to take God at his word tonight. I want us to break this word down and I want us to hear what God is saying but I don't want us to hear it only. I want us to be already positioned to be a doer of his word. So are you with me that we're going to do the word of God tonight? That we're going to walk out the word of God tonight? That we're going to talk the word of God tonight? That we're going to believe the word of God tonight? Amen? And that we're going to go out of here being used by him in a greater measure than ever before. So as we break this scripture down tonight in Isaiah 45, 22, he tells us to look, and that word look is panah. It comes from a, the Hebrew word panah that means to turn towards. It means you've got to change your direction. You go turn towards a person, turn to, from something to something else. It means that you are look with expectancy. You're turning with expectancy. You're paying attention to consider something you are actually looking to study it and see what it is there for. So God is telling us to look to him, to turn to him, to move from the other directions. It's turned from other directions to him. He is definitely telling us that the enemy is trying to distract us. I hear the word of the Lord for us tonight. The enemy is trying to distract us. The enemy is trying to get our attention off of God and on circumstances and situations and God is reminding us that's how you're going to fall. That is how you're going to fail. That is how the enemy is going to get in and bring destruction in your life. But there's a, a voice from heaven, and Donnie, he has that heavenly voice. They said we need to look to God, and as we look to God, we will live. So he says, look, look to me 
and be saved. And when he says me, he's talking about I am God. He goes on later to say that I am God. He's, that's L in the, in the Hebrew. It means I am God Almighty. I am the God of all strength. I am the God uh, of heaven and earth. It identifies the nature and the function of God, the one and the true God. He's basically saying no one has power that even compares to the power that I not only have, but the power that I create. He is saying that there's no one that has the resources that I have or has the ability to create the resources that I can. He said, not only do I have all resources, but I have, and not only do I have all power, he said, but I'm the only one that has the ability to create more. I can create more power. I can create more resources. He says, you need to look to me. Get your eyes off of the other things and look to me. Nothing compares to me. Nothing can even come into the same ballpark that I am. I am L. I am God all by myself. Hallelujah. So somebody needs to hear that tonight, that you need to get your eyes off of whatever you're looking at and whatever you're trusting in, and whatever you're trying to hope it's going to come through and, and help you out, and get your eyes on God, because He is El Shaddai. He is God Almighty. He is the God of more than enough. Praise the Lord. He says, look to me. And then I love this, this word here. He says, look to me and be saved. Look to me and be saved. Now, that's a Hebrew word, a yasha, that we find as we study, it has... A, a depth of meaning. In order to understand it, you have to kind of break it down because God uses a word that is so power-packed. It is a word that has so much seed in it that we've got to open it up. So as we look at this word, Yasha, as we look to him to be saved, what is he going to do for us? Is saved, we see first it means to make wider. It is the very opposite of narrow. It's opposite of flying coach, if I could say it that way. It's opposite of being restricted, is what it means. Opposite of being distressed. Office, opposite of being pressured or pressed in or hemmed in. And I'm telling you, I know, I know what the, the, the enemy's been doing. For some of you, he's been pressing you in financially. Mm-hmm, it doesn't feel good, does it? And the enemy doesn't play fair. He will press you in physically. He will come against your health. He will attack your health. He will attack your ability and try to bring limitation in your physical body and in your physical life. And then he doesn't play fair. He will try to press you in emotionally. Oh, especially this time of the year when the time changes and there's seemingly more darkness than there is light. Uh, it gets dark so early and the devil says, I'm going to press you in. I'm going to bring on a spirit of depression. I'm going to bring on a spirit of overcast uh, in your life. And he just says, I'm, I'm in charge. Well, I'm here to tell you tonight, we've got to get your eyes off of him because he's not in charge. We've got to get our eyes on Jesus. We've got to get our eyes on our God, our creator of the heavens and the earth because the enemy will try and press you in physically, emotionally, and relationally. Man, he will play on your relationships. He will try and limit your relationships. He will try and bring in a spirit of loneliness and bring in a spirit of rejection. Boy, the enemy, he does not play fair. And, and I'm speaking to someone here today. I know I'm here on assignment because the enemy has been using one of these areas to press you 
to restrict you, to distress you, to, 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 to narrow your life is what I hear. To put pressure on you and it doesn't feel good. Someone here tonight, you may be under financial pressure or you may be under this emotional pressure or you may be under this relational pressure or you may be under physical pressure where the enemy has been coming in and trying to narrow and stress and distress your physical walk and your ability. But I'm here to tell you, God says, I will save you. If you will look to me, he said, I will save you. I will make wide. I'll take the pressure off. I'll open it up. I'll give you a... a a first-class ride, you might would say, but you got to get your eyes on me. The enemy wants to take you in a harder and a narrower and a more bondage way of life, but God said, I want to set you free. God said, I want to set you up for success. God said, I want to set you up to grow and be all you were created to be. He said, but you got to look to me and you'll be saved, Yasha, which means to make wide. But it also means to make sufficient, to make sufficient to free us from that distress, to move from distress to safety. God wants to bring you into the place where your life is sufficient, delivered from bondage and delivered from natural catastrophes is what it means, and delivered from the enemy, and delivered from famine, and delivered from sickness. So, So what God is saying when he says, look to me and you will be saved, he is saying, look to me, I'm the God that brings deliverance. I'm the God that can bring you through the storms of life and you can succeed. I'm the God that you can come through the fire and not be burned. You can come through the water and not drown. He said, you got to look to me, though, because if you look to the wind and the waves, you're going to sink, and the very thing that's coming against you is going to destroy you. But he says, I am walking on top of these circumstances. I am walking on the water, and if you look to me, you can walk on the water, too. Yashab, I will make sufficient whatever you need in whatever circumstance you are in. Is somebody receiving this tonight? Are you receiving an encouraging word from the Lord tonight? That you're in a storm and it seems like there's no way out, but God said, get out of that boat. That boat is a place of restriction. And the very thing that the enemy's trying to destroy you with, let's walk on it together. But you got to keep your eyes on me. you got to keep your eyes on the Lord. Look to me and you shall live. And you will be saved, he says. Yasha which also from Habakkuk 3 and 8 portrays the Lord as riding in on a chariot to save. Hallelujah. Now, when they're riding in on a chariot, that means there is a battle ensuing. That means that the enemy is coming. You're at the battle line. But God says, look to me. No matter if the battle is already uh, in full motion, if you'll stop looking at what the enemy's doing and look to me, he said, I will ride in on a chariot and I will save you. I'll come in and defeat the enemy before you. He said, I'll come in and destroy what the enemy's meant for evil. I'll turn it for good, spoil of the war will come to you spoil of the battle will come to you and everything the devil meant to take away from you is going to come back to you what the locust stole what the canker worm stole is coming back to you because i will ride in on a chariot to save hallelujah how encouraging is that but the enemy all he wants to do is discourage you and distract you to keep you from looking to the lord because he knows if you get your eyes on jesus he knows he's already lost He knows that when Jesus is on the scene, he's already been defeated. He's not going to be defeated. He's already been defeated. 
So he's trying to keep Jesus off of the battlefield. He's trying to keep Jesus out of the situation. So he's trying to keep you distracted because he knows the word. The enemy knows the word. And he knows that if you'll turn your eyes on Jesus, that Jesus is going to release the supernatural manifest of heaven on earth in such a way that the enemy is going to be destroyed and defeated in your presence. Hallelujah. So as we study this word in Hebrew, Yashav, it also goes on to mean out of Matthew 121, it, it comes uh, the name that we give, that God gave his own son, Jesus, is founded in this Hebrew origin. Jesus is the origin. And we find that this root word is, is in many other words. So it is Jesus, Jesus, or Joshua, which means Jehovah saves. So it's the very promise of God is backed up by the Son of God. So he said, when look to me and I'll save you, he says, if you don't trust my salvation, he says, uh, by my words only, my word who was with me, my word who was in the beginning, in John 1:14, my word also became flesh and dwelt among you. And I sent my word to back up my word that I'm going to do my word. Hallelujah. So we see that, that Matthew 1, 21, where Jesus, Jesus, Jehovah saves, is the very name of the Son of God, our Savior, who has come to back up the promise of God. Hallelujah. That's how serious God is about saving us. And this word, Yasha, is not just saving you for heaven. We're seeing him ride in on a chariot and fight physical battles. We're seeing him open the heavens and bring resources into this earth. All of these things and making wider and taking off the oppression of the enemy and making sufficient of supernatural supply here on this earth. Let me tell you, we don't need that in heaven. So we see this word, Yasha, means his salvation is also on earth. He's the creator of heaven and earth, and he's the God who saves in heaven and on earth. So we don't have to wait till we get to heaven to see the promise of God fulfilled. We also say, as I said a few minutes ago, that this word, Yasha, is uh, the root word with which we get so many other names in the Bible. A few of those would be Joshua, which means the Lord is Savior. Uh, the name Isaiah, there's the root word Yasha in there. The Lord is our help. He is our help. He will show us what is to come, and he will show us his hand of provision to help us in all the days that lie before us. And then you step, as I said, into Greek with Jesus, uh, and he is the Savior of the world. Hallelujah. Our Lord and our Savior. So I don't, I'm trying to show you this and what the words God used, not me, the Spirit of God used, so that we could understand God's communication to us and that he is trying to show us that he is the God, Yasha, he, the God who saves, that that is his very nature. That is, that is who he is. It's not just what he does, but it is who he is. That's when the name comes in. It's his character. It's his demeanor. It's his heartbeat. It's his thoughts. It's his feelings. It's his, his desire. And I believe what God desires, God can get. Amen? I think what God wants to do, God can do. No one can limit him, for God is God. 
and he is showing us his nature here that he is the God who wants to save. He is the God that wants to deliver. He is the God who wants to heal. He is the God who wants to, to promote you. He is the God that wants you to move into that wide place rather than the restrictions and the bondages that the enemy has, has tried to bring into your life. He said, this is not only what I want to do, this is who I am I even named my own son by who I am. He is Yeshua. He is Jesus. He is our Savior. Hallelujah. Praise God. So he tells us here in Isaiah 45 and 22, if you will look to me, if you will look to me, if you will turn your attention to me, if you will turn your affection to me, if you will stop allowing the enemy to distract you, with all the stuff that is going on around you, and you will seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, he says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to be your Savior. I'm going to bring forth the manifestation of my nature of salvation, Yasha, in your life. Praise God. Man, that, that is so encouraging to me to know that I don't have to save myself. That means, you know... And, and dealing with finances and retirement and a future and children and education and all the provision of food and, and roof and, you know, and protection and all that comes in life. You know, when you think about it, if you get to focusing on you've got to do that, it can drive you crazy. When you've got business and you think, I've got to keep this business going and you've got employees and you've got to, you've got to take care of those employees and you've got patients or clients or, or folks that are you know, in contract, you've got to take care of all that. If you think you've got to do all of that in your own strength, let me tell you, the enemy will rob you of peace. He will rob you of peace. Maybe you work in a department and you have responsibilities in that department and, and, and the overhead is looking at you and seeing that your department is carrying its weight or when the finances are tight, they're going to be trimming out that, that department and maybe taking you out first. And, and that's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure. And I know in our life, as we walk through this life, some of you may not have a pain in your body today, but there may be some of you that things don't work like they used to work. And there's parts of your body started talking to you that you never knew had a voice, but now it does. And it doesn't sound good and it doesn't feel good. And the enemy will ride on that nature and tell you you're, you're getting old, you are failing, you are falling apart, and things will only get worse. The older you get, the weaker you'll be. The older you get, the, the, the more problems you will have. And you're thinking, how can I combat this? How can I come against and fight against the aging process in itself? And if you try in all of these areas, and I've not even dealt with the emotional side of life, and I've not even dealt with the relational side of life, and all the different aspects of life, let me tell you what, the enemy has so much he can draw from to distract us. So much to get our eyes off of the Lord. So we need a message like this tonight. Maybe, maybe a simple message, but a powerful message that we need to understand if God be for us, who can be against us? And that if God is on our side, and not to convince uh, ourselves that the enemy is, as the enemy has tried to do, that maybe he's not on our side, that we would come back to the Word of God, we would come back to the nature of God, we would come back to his heart, and we would hear what he says.
And he says, I'm for you. I'm for you. Hallelujah. He said, all you got to do is you got to look to me. You got to keep your eyes on me. Peter, get your eyes off of Jesus. You're walking on water. You're walking a miracle walk. But when you got your eyes on the wind and the waves, the circumstances, he began to sink. Now, you might would say he was a failure. No, he looked back to Jesus. And what did Jesus do? He saved him. He saved him. So all we got to do is we got to get our eyes on Jesus. Look to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God. I am El. I am El Shaddai. I am El. I am God. And there is no other, no one even comes close to compare to who I am. What a beautiful picture of God. What an image he has given us. What an understanding of God that we need tonight as we are so faced in a, with a hostile environment, a noisy environment. Amen? I believe it's more noisy and chaotic today than I've ever heard before. And all of this is to be a distraction. But I'm here to tell you, hear this simple preacher today from the Word of God, by the Spirit of God, tell you, don't listen to all of the rhetoric of the world and don't get your eyes on any program or any man or any plan or any uh, system or circumstance around you. Get your eyes on Jesus. Hallelujah. Because God wants to bring Yasha. Hebrew and sozo would be the Greek. He wants to bring that into your life. He wants to bring salvation in every area of our lives. Now, I don't know about you, but I grew up trying to do enough good to keep from doing and trying to keep from doing enough good and trying to stop doing enough evil to earn the favor of God. That may have been me only, but my life was much like going to an amusement park. You know, when you go to an amusement park, any of you have ever gone in and played those games? They tell you, come over here, $3 for five shots. Come on over here. And you go and play those games, and you pay $1,000 to win enough tickets to buy a $3 monkey, you know? Okay. See, growing up, I, I kind of felt like this with God. I don't know if you can identify. I'd serve God, try to be good. I'd make sure I try not to lie and try not to cheat and try not to steal and, 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 and you make it through a day without having a bad thought but, you know, that was difficult but I really tried to and I'm earning points and, and if you mess up you start losing points and then you get a jackpot of, of points when you go to church on Sunday but if you went to Sunday school and church you got double the jackpot man that was really good and with all of that, you could go and try to cash it in for some little good thing. And if God was in a good mood, even though you were a few tickets short, he would still give you the $3 monkey. Okay. That was pretty much how I grew up. And man, it was a struggle. It was a struggle. Now, that's not what the Word of God teaches. It's not that God is so upset with us that we've got to buy our way in and if he's in a good mood that maybe we can get a little favor from him. That's not what the word says about God at all. The Bible says God tells us that he wants to come riding in on a chariot on the battle lines of our life and destroy the enemy. 
That's what he says. No man came up with that. That's what he revealed about himself. He wants to deliver you from sickness and he wants to deliver you from the financial bondage you're in. He wants to deliver you from the oppression of the enemy. That's his nature. That's his desire. So much so that he gave himself the very name Savior is the one that would yasha or sozo us. Hallelujah. He says, I am the Savior. I am your yasha. I am the one who heals you. I am the one who delivers you. I am the one who sets you free and gives you victory. Praise God. Oh, help us tonight. Help us tonight, God, to see who you really are instead of that God that we're trying to please and that God that we're trying to earn favor and that God that we're trying to be good enough that somehow or another that we might get by with just a little token or two. But let us see you in the extravagance. Help us, Spirit of God, see you in the extravagance of your yasha nature, your your salvation nature. Hallelujah. That you want to see me healed more than I want to see me healed. Now, if you start seeing that, I believe you're already 90% into receiving your, your healing. Because now what you're going to do is you're going to be working on faith to bring forth the appropriation of that uh, manifest. It's already done. Jesus has already made it available. God is showing us it's his nature, it's his desire, it's his purpose. He wants us as his children. Let me tell you what. Millions and millions and millions of Israelites came out of Egypt when Moses was leading them through the Red Sea. The Red Sea was parted by the hand of God supernaturally and it was held back and they crossed over land that had never been dry before. Here it is dry, not even muddy. Right? The Bible says as they came into the wilderness on the other side that there was not one feeble among them. Now, I believe 400 years of slavery, they probably were not being fed the best of the king's food or Pharaoh's food. I don't believe they were getting the best of the health care of Pharaoh's empire. I don't believe, I think, I don't think, I know, the word tells us that they were treated brutally that they were worked extremely hard, even in those last days, even more so as the plagues did come. But yet, the nature of God is revealed to us in that no matter how old, and I don't know how old the oldest person was, but they had every generation represented, and from great-grandma and great-grandpa down to the little babies, out of millions of people, not one, Not one, he said, was feeble or ill among them. I know some of these huge crusades that they've had over in uh, third world countries and so forth where where tens of thousands of people would gather out on the mall and and they would have speakers set up block after block after block. And out of those uh, thousands of people, afterwards there would always be in, in the news there that so many were dead. And there's a certain percentage that they would not even look to investigate as though there were foul play. Because statistically, when you've got this large a number, you're going to have statistically this many people who expire. 
It's just, this, you know, the, you know, they got the statistics for everything. And so they got maybe eight or ten that are, are dead, especially if they were elderly. They look and they say, well, you know, it's their time. There's probably no foul play here. Can you imagine millions of millions of millions from every age range coming out of abject poverty and, 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 and oppression for generation after generation? That, that generations had never seen what Joseph saw. They'd never seen that. And here they're coming out, but because of the nature of God and the hand of God, not one was feeble and not one was ill. Oh, that we could see the nature of God. Oh, that we could see and understand his nature so that we would have faith today because we know without faith it's impossible to please God. And God tells us, according to your faith, be it unto you that our faith would rise to another level. I'm trying to ratchet your faith up tonight, not in man and not in theology and not in ritual, but in the, the nature and the heart of who God is. That you would see him for the benevolence and see him for the power and see him for the glory of who he is. And I know we get distracted because we can gather together where there's the Spirit of God that created the heaven and the earth is here in our presence. Two or more gather together in His name. There I am in your presence. And we can gather together and we can just kind of go through the motions as though nothing supernatural, nothing all-powerful, nothing that can heal all, deliver all, and provide supernaturally in every circumstance, as though none of that is even available to us. And we can sing, we can clap. I understand, I'm right there with you, because in this world, if we don't keep hearing a message like this, we get distracted. And we start looking at, well, so-and-so's not here. What is that your business right now? You're in the presence of the King of Kings and the glory, and the glory of the Lord is supposed to be uh, on your lips. Well, well so-and-so, look at them over there. I bet they had a fight. Look at them. They're not even sitting close together. I wonder. I don't really like this song. I don't really know this song. I don't really believe that's how this song is sung. I'm not going to sing. We're, we, we, we're not looking to him. We're, we're looking at the noise. And, and, and even though that may be church noise, we're distracted. And because we're distracted, the yasha, the, the power, the manifest of heaven is not finding its point of contact. That faith. Oh, that we would understand this God. That we would, we would rejoice. We would, we would show. I, you know, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I was glad because God wants us to gather together and God wants us to, to with unity, release or activate his exponential where one can put a thousand to flight and two can put 10,000, 20 can put 10 septillion to flight, that we can come together and do spiritual warfare. If a brother or sister comes in bound, they're going to get free because we're going to open up the heavens and, and the reign of God and the, and the glory of the Lord is going to fill this temple. 
If we, we, if we could see that constantly, it would change who we are. Right? I'm not coming to you with trying to sell you God and telling you things that are not. Judge Judy, when she's dealing with a case and someone is trying to say, well, I bought that car for $1,000 and they told me it was like a brand new Mercedes. She says, that's puffing. She said, do you not know you paid $1,000 for a 22-year-old car and they're telling you it's like brand new, like a brand new Mercedes? Do you, don't, you don't see through that? That's called puffing. They're puffing it up to try and make the sale. Well, I'm here to let her know and you know tonight, I'm not puffing what I'm sharing with you about God. I'm sharing with you straight from his word who he reveals whom he is. And he's just trying to show us so that we would believe him. Don't believe me, but believe him and that we would just begin to, to live like the head and not the tail. Some people say, well, I've been a Christian and, and I've been more the tail than the head because you're choosing to live like the tail. You need to put your foot down and say, if God says I'm the head and not the tail, I'm not going another day saying I'm living in the tail. I'm the head. And let your confession bring you to your possession. Amen? For 40 days and nights it rained so hard that the whole world perished, we read in Genesis 8. What a time in the history of this world. The whole world perished except Noah and those were who were with him in the ark. And after 150 days, can you only imagine 150 days on that ark? It says on the 17th day of the seventh month, the ark finally rested on the mountains of Ararat. Now, the, in Hebrew, if you study the word Ararat, you will find that it means the curse is reversed so the waters of judgment receded causing the ark to rest on the mountain of Ararat on new ground where the curse is reversed and it happened on the seventh day of the seventh month of the feast of first fruits the exact date that Jesus rose from the dead 4,000 years later can you imagine do you think that's coincidence <laughs> See, when Christ rose from the dead, you and I were raised together with him. Colossians 2 and 12. I'm trying to help you understand who you are in Christ. We who are in Christ, we stand on resurrected ground. We live, we raise our families on resurrected ground where the curse has been reversed. Go to Galatians 3 and 13 and see if Christ has not yet redeemed you from the curse of the law so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon you. So we're, we're to live our lives on the ground of resurrected soil, on a mountain of deliverance where the curse has been reversed, where disease and poverty and failure no longer have a control over us because now we are in Christ. And if we are in Christ, we are the righteousness of God. We have been made rich. We are the healed of God. We are the delivered of God. We are the prospered of God. Hallelujah. In Christ Jesus. So what do we do? Isaiah 45, 22. 
We need to look to me, God says, and be yasha, be saved. For all the ends of the earth, for I'm your God and there is no other. But not only do we look to him, we read in the Psalms there's something else we need to do. In Psalms 50, verse 23, whoever offers praise glorifies me. When you come in here and together we join in the name of Jesus and we lift up our voice and we lift up our hands and we lift up our countenance and we lift up a song unto him, he says, you're glorifying me. We're not here to be seen of men. We're not here for you. We're not here for you. We're here for him, right? Hallelujah. Now, we're going to be encouraging one another and we're going to be uplifting one another, but we're here for him. He says, when you do this, you glorify me. But look what he says next. And to him who orders his conversation aright, I will show the yasha of God. You want to see the salvation? You want to see the yasha? You want to see it be made wide? You want to see the, uh, uh, the deliverance? You want to see the reverse of the curse? You want to see the supernatural provision? He says, you must order your conversation aright. If we would only realize that power that is in our words, oh, how different our lives would be. Help us, Lord, remind us again because this seems to be the one that we look in the mirror and we see the fault, but we walk away and forget the fault that we saw. It is so easy for us to have loose lips. What is this saying? Loose lips sink ships. <laughs> it's been said that the pen is mightier than the sword. How many of you have ever heard that? The pen is mightier than the sword. But how much mightier or the words of our mouth. But think about this, how much even more mightier are the words of our mouth when the words of our mouth align up with the word of God. When we come in agreement with God and we come in agreement with the enemy, we're going to bring forth the manifest, not of salvation, but of the destruction. But if our words come in agreement with the word of God, we see the Yasha of God. Him rushing right in on a chariot on the battle lines and give us victory. Hallelujah. James tells us in chapter 3, and he's not very kind, it doesn't seem to be, and the way he tells us how small but yet powerful our tongue is. So it's like putting a bridle in a horse, a thousand pound animal, this big, strong animal, you put a bridle in its mouth and you can control it. Like a rudder on a ship, huge ship, cargo ship, aircraft carrier, whatever, but the rudder is going to determine where it goes and finds port. Like a little spark, he says, just a little spark can cause a huge forest fire that destroys so much. He said, the little tongue is that powerful. So I want to challenge you today to consider the words that are in your conversations. And I would want to challenge you to choose wonder-working words. Choose to speak God's word rather than what you see because the stuff that the enemy is trying to get you focused on if you start speaking it you're coming in agreement with it and that's what you empower to manifest in your life but we must get our eyes off of this and get our eyes on God and then align our tongue with who he is and what he has said and we will see heaven invade earth thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You will possess what you confess. 
Because confession always precedes possession. That's what the Bible teaches us. It's what James teaches us. So dare to say exactly what God says in His Word. Let us discipline ourselves. You want to be a disciple? You want a discipleship class? Well, I'm teaching you tonight to discipline yourselves to speak in agreement with the Word of God. To have a conversation that brings to audible existence here on earth what God has already said in heaven. Because when we order our words aright, God manifests the benefits of this great salvation. We see it in Psalms 50, 23 right here. You say, well, that's Old Testament. We'll go to Romans 10 and 10, and you will see with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So with our mouth, we can come in agreement and confess what Jesus has done for us, that he is our Lord and our Savior, and it will bring us into sozo, salvation. That's the Greek word there for salvation. It means to be made whole, delivered, healed, prospered, secure, here and in heaven. So it's important, not what we only see, but also what we say. Amen? Because we want to walk in healing. We want to walk in health. We want to walk in relational blessing. We want to walk in emotional health. We want to walk in the light and the love of God. We want to walk in the power of God. We want to be the walking, talking, living examples of Christ here on earth that the Spirit of God can do through our body as Christians what Jesus by the Holy Spirit did on earth when he walked this earth. Jesus said, what you've seen me do, you're going to do. But greater works are you going to do? Amen? So words of bold authority is what it takes to overcome Satan's power. What is it we read in Revelation 12 and 11? It says, and they overcame him. Who? The red dragon. By what? The blood of the lamb. That's what God has provided through his son Jesus, but by the word of our testimony. And listen to me. It is, it is right to testify what God has already done in your life. That is right. But what we limit ourselves to is we sometimes will not testify unto what God has done in our life until we've seen it done. And when we can see with an eye of faith, we can see it done before it is done so we can testify that it is done before it is done and that brings greater glory to God. Thomas is the one who says, let me see, let me see. And if I can touch it, then I'll believe. And Jesus says, greater is he, more blessed is he who believes without having to see. Do you not trust me? Do you not trust my nature, Jesus said. Do you not trust, you believe I'm a liar? I got to prove to you that I'm not a liar? Oh, and then you're going to testify once you see it? I'm saying that, it, that is right, but what is better is for us to testify and give glory to God in what he said he's already done, even if we haven't seen it yet, because let me tell you what, that is an act of faith that's going to bring the Yasha chariot of God into our situation and circumstance like nothing we've ever seen before. And I say it's time that the church begin to see the victories and begin to see the manifest uh, of God uh, coming after the word of our our testimony, uh, uh, you know, coming before the word of our testimony rather than after the word of our testimony. I believe we could walk in such a greater dimension 
of his glory. Now I'm here to tell you, we testify means you also testify to that which you have already seen. So don't let that go. But let us challenge ourselves to not only take care of that, but let us go ahead and begin to testify that we have already, it's already ours before it is ours. Because it really is ours if it's a promise of God. Because all the promises of God are what? Yea and amen in Christ Jesus. Has he fallen off the throne? Is he no longer king of kings and lord of lords? As long as he is, we need to honor him by faith that he is going to do and has done what he said he's going to do and what he said he's already done. Does that make sense? Now, I'm talking to myself here because I live in the same flesh and blood world that you live in, and I need to be encouraged, and I need to be challenged, and I need to make not only a right my confession, but I need to make a right my, my focus as well and make sure my focus is on him. Amen? So I'm preaching to me, and if this is helping any of you, well, praise God. But if not, I'm going to go out of here. I'm going to skip in tonight because, praise God, I'm back on the faith wall in Jesus. Praise the Lord. We must turn our eyes on Jesus. John 3, verses 14 and 15. I don't know if these verses are very familiar to you, but they should be as it leads up to John 3, 16, which is a very familiar verse, right? What does it say? And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And whoever believes, right, believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Now this is making reference to Numbers 21, verses 8 and 9, because as the Israelites got into the wilderness, they did what we do, and we had the tendency to do, and they began to look at what they did have and didn't have and what they liked and what they didn't like, and they began to murmur and complain, okay? And they're walking around discouraged in the wilderness, uh, supposedly on their way to the promised land, but just circling the mountain, and, and uh, this infestation of poisonous snakes came, and were biting them and causing this fiery burning effect in their, life, in their bodies through the poison, and he was killing them. So Moses looks to God to inquire, what are we to do? Where does Moses look? To God. To God. If you're in a bad spa space tonight, you need to look to God. Amen. So he looks to God, and God tells him, make a fiery serpent and set him on a pole, and, and it shall be that everyone who is bitten, when they look at it, they shall live. That's where that song that we open up with, Johnny singing it, uh, look and live. So, so uh, Moses takes and he makes his bronze serpent, and he puts it on a pole. Uh, so it was that if a serpent had bitten anyone, they would look at the bronze serpent and live. And the reason I got the medical symbol up here is because that's where it came from, right there. So it is to bring life. But it's because there was a curse. The enemy was, the, the snake represents a curse, and Jesus hanging on a cross. What this Galatians 3, 13 and 14 says, he removed the curse off of us by becoming a curse or taking on the curse for himself because cursed is he who what? Hangs on a pole, hangs on a tree. So he was hung on the tree, not as a sinner, to take our curse away through his sin, because he did not sin, 
but he hung on a tree because cursed is he who hangs on a tree so that our curse could come off of us, so that the, what the snake had brought into our life because of our complaining and murmuring and shortcomings that God so loved us that he was willing that even though we were wrong, even though we were wrong and he could have destroyed us, he could have let those serpents destroy us, he could let the serpent today at night destroy our families and destroy our lives. But he said, I'm going to make a way of an escape that if they'll look to me, they can live. If they'll look to me and what it's costing and what it took to take the curse off of you, that my son had to come and live and die and be hung up on a cross so that I could get this curse off of you. Wow. Let's go back and read that again, John 3, 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Look at verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be what? Say, might be sozo, might be Yasha from Hebrew, that we might be saved. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. So I am here tonight to remind you that no matter how bad it's been, and no matter how hard it's been, and no matter how dark it's been, all of that is a lie straight from the pit of hell that there is salvation in the house tonight, that there is healing in the house tonight, that there is deliverance in the house tonight, that there is breakthrough in the house tonight, that there is promotion in the house tonight, that there's joy unspeakable and full of glory in the house tonight. There's a peace that surpasses all understanding in the house tonight. The God of all heaven is the God of all earth. And he said, if you will take and turn and look to me, you shall live. Look to me and be saved all the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is no other. Would you stand with me, please? Hallelujah. Father, we stand in your presence this night hearing your word, being challenged by your word. Lord God, instructed from your word to help us, Lord. Oh God, I pray tonight if there's anyone here that has their eyes on systems or programs or power, Lord, that they would turn their heart from looking at that and look at you tonight. That they would turn their eyes off of looking at other people and, and Lord, they would turn their heart towards you. Lord, they would turn their heart from looking at other things today and they would turn their heart to you, Jesus. For some of us, Lord, it may be that we need to turn back to you, Jesus. And that we would also turn our conversation in the right direction. We hear your word tonight that we must order our conversation aright so that we might see the salvation of God. Holy Spirit, convict us tonight. Show us. Bring forth illuminating power to reveal to us in ways that our tongue has gone awry ways that our heart has allowed us to lose faith in God and look to other things as our Savior. Show us tonight, God, where we stepped off of the path. Show us tonight, God, where we have, we have made the wrong turn. Convict us, Holy Spirit. 
Lord, we don't want to walk out of here deceiving ourselves. We don't want to walk out of here as blind men. We don't want to walk out of here arrogant and with pride and thinking that we're going the right way when we're really walking off of the cliff. Open our eyes tonight. Spirit of the living God, convict us, show us that we might humble ourselves here right now and that we might repent. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you for allowing us to humble ourselves rather than having your hand come against us. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to repent and turn back to the fullness of your salvation in every area of our lives and to be forgiven and to have our debts removed, Lord God, and for us to be washed by your blood. Thank you for that opportunity, that divine blessing here tonight to repent and to turn to you. Lord God, I am not here to convict anyone and I'm not here to cause anyone to repent, but God, we are asking you by your Spirit to convict, to direct our path. Speak to us, Spirit of the living God. Speak to us as you have corporately now individually. What is God saying to you? I ask you to humbly and I ask you to soberly and sincerely see what God is saying to you right now. And then I beg you, as one who loves you and wants to see your life move into the fullness of the salvation of God and to see the chariot of God come and bring forth his deliverance of heaven in your life. It's one who loves you and prays for you. I ask you tonight, sincerely, soberly, and humbly, act on, respond to what God is saying to you now. He's saying, repent. I beg you, repent. Turn, change your mind. Humble yourself. Turn your affections to God. Make that decision between you and Him right now. Take your eyes and focus on Jesus. And oh, let your confession be that He is your Lord, meaning He rules. For us to call Him Lord and Savior, yes, we want Him to save us, but He must first be Lord of all. Declare His Lordship over your life right now. Declare that you're surrendered to Him, that you're living for Him, that you're serving Him. Declare that your total surrender is to Jesus Christ the Son of the living God. Make that your confession that He is your Lord and your Savior. Confess He is your deliverer. He is your healer. He is your provider. He is your sustainer. He is your fulfiller. He is your satisfier. He is your portion. Declare He is your all in all. Turn your eyes on Jesus. Look to Him this day and live. 
Father, we thank you again for this opportunity as disciples and students of your word to come and study the living word. The word that speaks to us where we are and helps us to go where we have been created to go. Thank you for getting us back on track. Thank you for making clear the path that we are walking as your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your power and your encouragement and your anointing and your unction that is in this house, in your word, and in me right now. Jesus, Jesus, my Lord, my Savior, my King of kings, my Lord of lords, my everything we give you the praise we give you the glory we give you the honor for it is in jesus name we pray and everybody said amen and amen hallelujah hallelujah